we can just accept the bad hosting. I'm going to go to bed knowing that I won another game. I still won, even if I still won. No. Oh, wait. We'll cut that. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, the show that reminisces on old 90s shows in its clubhouse. D. Mendy here, your host, and I'm all that. Here with my 80s guy, Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake, the LC. What's up? Y'all, we were talking about Safe by the Bell before we started podcasting tonight. And we were talking, Eric and I were talking about how great it is. Uh, tweet at David. Tell him how awesome Saved by the Bell was. Tell him how uh, how he's, he's you know, his his spirit animal is A.C. Slater. Come on, y'all. <laughs> give a, give David some some love for, for Saved by the Bell. I, I don't want no, to watch any show with Screech in it. <laughs> and then we've got another 90s guy like myself, Eric Mendelson, who unfortunately watches Saved by the Bell. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing, Screech? Oh, God. That's a bad an insult as you can say to me. Guys, just... one week from today, we'll be drunk on baseball. <laughs> oh, my God. Can't wait. It's going to feel like a month from now, the way uh, how slow I feel like things have been going. But yeah, you tell uh, him, Screechy. This silence is on purpose. <laughs> so on deck, we have a big show for you guys. Triple Play Fantasy's 60-game season survival guide. We give you everything, and I mean everything, you need to know to survive this baseball season and beyond. We talked about the impact of universal DH, drafting hitters versus pitchers, injury risks, and more. We got it all for you, baby. We're going into this with our special guest, Mr. Yancey Eaton, who's waiting in the hole. And after we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which player has the best pitching delivery of all time? And then our mystery game coming in to shut the door. But first up to bat is our news and notes. Lots of news and notes. Starting off with the Astros placing five players on the injured list, highlighting by Jordan Alvarez and Jose Urquidy. Though it's not clear why in all the cases why players are absent from camp. Many people are assuming it is due to COVID. Alex Bregman has missed a couple workouts late last week due to delay in his test results. Are you guys worried about what's brewing in the Houston clubhouse? Eric, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think, and I, with this coronavirus, I think everything is on the table this season. And I think anytime uh, somebody from a team uh, gets it, as we've seen with the Yankees, you could have multiple people get it. You know, LeMay, you got it. And then later Chapman got it. So, the fact that there's been a couple positive cases with the Astros makes me more concerned that more people could get it. Or what do you think? You know, I've seen it a hundred times. The coronavirus, it's caught in a trash can and someone bangs it with a with a baseball <laughs> bat and the coronavirus gets out. And it's you know, this is the unfortunate side effect. I've seen it a hundred times. And you feel bad for Houston. Oh wow. <laughs> art art with some shade. I love it. Um, do you guys see this as a good opportunity for Kyle Tucker? 
God, don't, don't, don't put me in the Kyle Tucker prognostication game. I don't want to. I don't want any part of that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not a, a flip flop guy. I've been adamant that I don't think Kyle Tucker is good, and I feel like I have to stick to it. Fair enough. Next bit of news: Jacob Degrom tweaked his back. Are you guys worried about his potential being ready for opening day? Art. DeGrom had an MRI yesterday that came back showing there was nothing major wrong with the back. I don't think there's going to be any reason for worry with DeGrom. The guy's a horse. I think he's going to go out there and pull his weight uh, just like he has been. Eric? Yeah, I'm not too nervous. You know, maybe uh, just because this happened so close to um, the season starting that he's a little, a little bit limited. I know they said maybe 85 pitches in his debut, but... Assuming that nothing else is wrong with his back, I think he'll be fine the remaining of the season. And I think they already said he's going to try to pitch 85 uh, pitches on opening day. So I think he's already reared up, ready to go. Hopefully no more setbacks. Last bit of news, biggest news. Free agent outfielder Yasiel Puig has agreed to a deal with the Atlanta Braves, a source told MLB.com's Mark uh, Fisend on Tuesday afternoon. The deal is pending a physical um, he is going to hopefully join camp. Last year, he hit 252 with 21 homers, or I'm sorry, 22 homers and 61 RBIs in 100 games for the Reds before being dealt to the Indians. He hit 297 over 49 games with the Indians with a couple homers and 23 RBIs over his 182 at bats. Puig should hopefully bolster the corner outfield in Atlanta now that Nick Markakis elected not to play in 2020. So, Eric, I'll start with you. What can we expect from Yasiel Puig, and are you making sure you can go try to draft him if you haven't had your draft yet? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's at a little bit of a disadvantage because he hasn't been in the spring training as long as others. Uh, he did just get signed, but he's going to go to a pretty potent offense. Uh, he has a chance to hit maybe as early as four or five with Ozuna and Acuna, Albies, um, Austin Riley if he plays. I know... Freeman and Marquecas are out, but yeah, if he's out there, I would definitely sign him ASAP on free agency. And if you haven't drafted yet, I think he's worth a good late ad. Art? I mean, he's going to start shooting up draft boards now that he has a spot. I think, and you know, you if you really think about it, the top of that Braves lineup, it's not that scary without freedom, Freeman. Acuna, Albies, Ozuna, Puig. I mean, it's good. It's really good. It's not like, oh, my God, we're scared of Ozuna and Puig. They're solid hitters, and don't throw mistakes to them. But they're not Freddie Freeman. I think it's it's something that Atlanta needed to do. Uh, I like the landing spot for him. I think it unfortunately uh, means the death to everyone's Austin Riley dreams for this season. But, uh, you know, he's a young guy. He'll be back next year. Uh it's a one-year deal. I like it for Puig. Hopefully he comes out and, and does well. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I believe he's one of three players over the last few seasons to hit, I think it's like 23 homers and, and steal 16 bases in three consecutive years or something like that. He joins him, um, Francisco Lindor, and I'm totally blanking on the third guy, but he's pretty much in a, a pristine club of three guys that have been basically 20 and 15 the last three years. So Is it Jose, Jose Ramirez? It was not Jose Ramirez. Oh, okay. um, I just can't think of who the other one was at the top of my head. But um, I think you know in a full season what he can give you. So 
I, I think you're right. His value is is it's in the cards. It's already it speaks for itself. With that being said, Eric, do you want to say something about Rob Manfred? I do. Um, do you guys know the name J.T. Watkins? Uh, the name rings a bell. That's the only guy that was punished for the Red Sox scandal. He was their video uh, assistant coordinator, a video assistant replay coordinator. He got suspended one year without pay, a normal guy, while none of the Red Sox themselves got punished. Another reason to hashtag fire Manfred. This guy doesn't have a job in a pandemic-stricken economy. Here, here. That's a good example. Get Eric on a, his Rob Manfred train and just watch what happens. With that being said, do you like what you hear so far? Take out Eric's Rob Manfred speech. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast right now. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football show that you can also check out, also available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about being all that in a bag of chips and leave us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric runs our social media and provides great daily questions, annoying gifts, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Water this plant and help it grow into something beautiful you can keep on your windowsill. Lastly, tell a friend about us, go to work, and blast this podcast so your whole office can hear you. You want to be that annoying guy in your office, trust me. We want to keep you entertained, but it all starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. And now, Yancey Eaton. Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I would like to introduce you all to an icon, a Fort Myers realtor by day. Fantasy Baseball's mascot and mayor by night. His superpowers include Numbers Wizard, Barbecue Barbarian, Poning Trolls on Twitter, and owner of all things Rachel McAdams. If you were to name an album, he probably has it. I got Yance in my pants! Because <laughs> we're talking to the Yancey Eaton. How's it going, my man? Man, this is uh, the hype. It's uncontrollable. This is... I'm not lying, man. I've been on every podcast you can think of, and this is this is a first, and this is incredible. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, thank you for that, man. I'll I'll never forget this. <laughs> oh, dude, no, it's, I, I've been wanting to get you on here, dude. You're you're such a great person to follow on Twitter. You're such a great personality, and I was like, man, just the one week day we can get Yancey on here, man. I I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, honestly, thank you for having me, guys. This is a this is kind of like my escape. Um, I've been quarantining pretty hardcore. Um, you know, I've had some family members contract COVID and stuff. So my wife and I, you know, we work in real estate together. We've just been kind of laying low at the house, and so 
this is this is basically it as far as a social life goes. So whenever people ask me, I say yes. I don't know why they keep asking me because you know <laughs> I don't really do a lot of written content. You know I do play quite a bit, and um, you know I've had a bunch of success, but I don't really position myself as an analyst, and I'm not trying you know to prove to people that I'm you know that I'm super smart and that they should follow me and you know click my articles or anything. But um, yeah, I love this community. I love coming on podcasts like this. We were talking a little bit off air about how. Um, you know, there's a million podcasts out there and I love that there's a million because, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. And whenever you have more competition, the overall level of the podcasting increases. And I really just have to tip my hat to you guys because you guys are doing original things. And that, that intro was, was just a <laughs> proof of that. Um, you don't see people using that level of creativity and just, you know, making themselves vulnerable and looking silly. And I'm, I'm not saying that like it's a knock. I think it's fantastic, <laughs> but that's a long way of saying thank you for having me on. Like, this is honestly a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. No, again, we, we really appreciate having you on. I think you're going to be a great voice for what we're talking about today because we are going to be diving into the Triple Play Fantasy 60-game season survival guide. So, Yancey, I don't know if you grew up. Do you remember the show Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? I've never even heard of that, man. I did not have cable growing up, I will be honest with you. So uh, unless it, it was on, like, it, the basic four channels, I did not see it. It was a teen Nick show, so kind of niche. Okay, yep. so no. basic. So basically, they gave a survival guide. This is going to be our version, and we are going to kick it off. Drop that beat. In a baseball season full of COVID, insane ratios, and limited travel, D. Mendy, that's me, and my three good friends try and do the impossible. Create a guide that will help you survive baseball season. Coming up, looking out. I'll survive, ain't no doubt, never fear, bring it on, break it down, what's in my way, and I'm <laughs> finding my place in this world, and I'm triple play fantasy 60 game survival guide, your results may vary. <laughs> Man, this is oh wow, this is really a lot, guys. We, can, is... we can only give David credit half for half of that because the other half is from the theme song itself. But well, I'm glad they, for the first part, David. Ho- good hopefully, job. hopefully that they don't turn it off once they hear that really bad high note I tried to hit. <laughs> I could have added music afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have the official music for it, but it, it honestly is better this way. It, it, it really is. It's more real. It's like it's karaoke. I feel like I'm here. You know, it's just it's perfect. Well, in a, with NFC, NFBC drafts in full swing, leagues all over going into full draft mode this weekend, the last weekend before the season kicks off, we're talking about five key factors today to keep into account for when you draft and then managing your team throughout the season. There are obviously a lot more than five strategies to look out for, but these are just five that we felt are very beneficial for you to keep into account for, again, when you draft or during your season. So we're going to hop right into our first one here. And that is the universal DH, which has been talked about for weeks now, but I think some people still don't realize what that's going to do for some hitters that didn't have opportunities before. And these are specifically hitters that you think are going to benefit from that universal DH that will get that increased playing time. So Yancey, I'm going to start with you. Mm -hmm. Are there guys that now you are looking at that you didn't look at before that this rule got implemented? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my most owned players in NFBC leagues, I'm in 14 right now, and I'm, I'm probably going to do a couple more before the season starts. Um, yeah, it, it's not as bad as it sounds. Uh, not all of those are fab leagues. If they were fab, I'd just be freaking out. But um, uh, Tommy Edmond is one of my most owned players. Uh, he's multi-position eligible. You know, he came out of the gates last year, and nobody really expected him to do anything. And all of a sudden, you know, he's double-double 
you know, home runs and steals. I think he's going to play all over the diamond, or even if he just settles into one role, he's bringing all that added, you know, position eligibility beforehand. Um, I, I think with the DH being implemented in the National League, he is going to play every single day. Like, absolutely. Um, this kind of frees up Matt Carpenter to be a DH a little bit more. And, you know, maybe he improves over last year because he was awful last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tommy Edmonds, one of my favorites. And the other one is another multi-position eligible guy that uh, plays for the Marlins in John Birdie. So Birdie's kind of a weird case where, you know, he's a little bit older. He's not really a prospect. Um, a lot of people don't take him seriously at all. But this is a guy that just ran all over the place. Um, I'm a little disappointed that Noah Syndergaard's going to be out this year because Noah Syndergaard loves giving up base runners. Um, <laughs> so that, that was a little bit of an opportunity there for him to kind of steal two or three in a game versus him. Um, but yeah, both of these players, they kind of fill the same need, which is I need speed, but I need it to not come from somebody like a Malik Smith where that's all they do or like a Jared Dyson. And I need somebody who can, I can kind of move around because we're going to see players dropping like flies. So, um, just having second, third, um, I think Bird even has shortstop and outfield. Um, th- those are the players that I'm, I'm just coveting them so much. Even like a Max Muncy, this isn't so much a DH discussion, but just these players who have, you know, first, second, third, or an outfield, or, you know, like a Hunter Dozier, he's third base and outfield eligible. Like these players, if you guys, you know, if you still have drafts left and you're able to target them, I would highly recommend it. Just uh, make it a lot easier for you to kind of fill out your roster. I'm so with you on position uh, flexible players. That That can be the difference between picking a free agent up who goes off and then leaving them on the waiver wire. So I'm really glad you stressed that. Mm -hmm. So my thought, and I'm glad you brought up the Cardinals, because I think they're benefiting more than any other team, because you think about they had Carlson potentially coming up. Um, They had Lane uh, Lane Thomas, I think that's his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talked about, I saw someone predict that he would lead the Cardinals in home runs today as a bold prediction. Um, They have, obviously, Colton Wong. They have uh, Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill, Matt Carpenter, Harrison Bader. I mean, there's so many bats on that team. I think you're right. If Tommy Edmond doesn't have to worry about that with the DH occupying a spot, that's going to greatly enhance his chance of playing time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, the, the Cardinals, for, for as much benefit of the doubt that we give the Cardinals, man, that that outfield looks awful. And hearing that they're going to start Dylan Carlson in the minors to start the season, and you know, you're going to be splitting time with you know the corpse of Dexter Fowler, and, and who knows what the outfield rotation is going to look like. Like He could be slotted in, and he could legitimately be like a top 50 player right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just so frustrating because this is such a short season, and I understand the playing time considerations and getting the extra year of service time. I, I get that. Everybody talks about that, and it's so boring. But you know, one or two games is going to be the difference whether you make the playoffs or not. And the fact that they're willing to just throw that away is just really disappointing to me. I agree, hundred um, percent. Art, what are some of the players you're going to be looking at? A few of the players I've been focusing. I, one of the guys I, I I like is Matt Carpenter, as you mentioned with the Cardinals. The Cardinals, as you guys said, were uh, are a lot of those. But the peop- two people who I've actually been focusing on lately are Justin Smoke and, and Steven Souza. I think. Smoke is is a great uh, um, person to get for for DH. He's he's going around 390, I think, in ADP. He's probably even wow. creeping up. He's going really really late, and this is a guy who literally he literally could lead the league in home runs in six over 60 games because he has that much power. Um, and I think now I think Ryan Braun is currently injured, so Smoke's probably got a pretty much everyday role. He takes a lot of walks. So he can keep himself in the lineup. He's not going to be a complete negative, a three true outcome guy. I love Smoke, and he's super late. Sousa, I'm not 100% sure what the Cubs' plans are for DH. I like his bat. I like the potential if he's healthy this year. 
for a little bit of a comeback for what he showed in Tampa Bay a few years ago when he was, I think, 30 and 15. Um, and <clears throat> I know um, that uh, the Cubs have a lot of potential guys who could be who could be DH, but uh, Souza has talent and he might emerge in that crowd. He so needs the injuries don't too. the injuries don't scare you at all. I think he's late enough in drafts that you're. If he doesn't do anything, you can you can just drop him and pick up somebody else who's playing, mm-hmm. uh, because he's he's super cheap right now. Mm-hmm. I will agree with that. I'll, I'll, Steven says that he's a perfect type of player where even with the race, he struck out a ton, but he did make a ton of loud contact and he stole. So I know he had a hellacious injury. I think he tore every ligament in the human body on his knee. Like they said, that's how Mm -hmm. bad it was. Like there was a a serious chance he was never going to play again. Um, So I'm a little skeptical that he's going to run when he does come back, but we'll, we'll know right away if he's a hold or not. If you draft him with your very last pick, you know, if you're in the NFBC, say it's the, you know, your 30th round pick, or if you're in NFBC 50, whatever, the very last pick that you're making in the first week, if he's not playing or he's playing once or twice a week, you just drop him. And, you know, at that point, the draft capital is so low. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? That's the type of person I do want to take a flyer on, but there's potential there. We've seen it before. Eric, anything to add on some hitters that we haven't touched on? Yeah, and I have a few. And the first guy we've talked about a lot, Howie Kendrick, somebody um, on Fantasy Pros with a 316 ADP, uh, eligible for first, second, and third. He hit 344 last year. That's best and he's hit 304 out of his last five seasons. So somebody like Wine that gets better with age. And I bring it up because he's played less than 120 games in three out of the past four seasons. And now some of that's been because of injury. I don't think he's an everyday fielder, but I think with that DH, you're going to see him hit almost every day. Um, I think he's somebody that is a steal at that point. And... um, you should definitely hop on. And then the next is a VCL Garcia. I know that Art had just mentioned Ryan Braun is kind of dinged up, but the Brewers have a crowded outfield. Um, it was only a couple of years ago he hit 330, which led the AL. He showed 20 homer potential. He's going to be hitting in a good lineup with the Brewers. So as a ADP of 218, I think that's a good late round flyer. And he steals a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I think... 10 or 12 stolen bases last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give you the, that little bit of speed as well. What about, uh, uh, what's his name? I totally just drew a blank, but Eric for Avicio Garcia, uh, I think he's shown in the past when he actually plays that he, he produces. It's just that he was either hurt or he wasn't getting playing yeah. time. So the DH opens up for him to have his bat in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like honorable mention to Jose Martinez because we all know how much he sucks at fielding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how how poetic though that they literally they finally trade him to an American League team and then and now there's a the universal like DH. DH. It is it is it is honestly crazy, but I mean he absolutely demolishes from the other side. I'm 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 so excited for him to be like that. I I don't know how much he's gonna play, and I don't think he's gonna play in the field at all. Um, yeah, like, not like, after against the Nationals and then LDS. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. But um, man, I am excited to see him being like the first bat to come off the bench. And I mean, like the Rays are gonna be a problem. And I know I'm extremely biased as I wear like a Rays minor league hat and a Rays shirt. Like I I understand I'm acknowledging my bias, but man, there are so many interesting bats on that team, and he's one of them. Speaking of bats on the Rays, where's the G-man Choi love? Um, I love G-Man Choi. I, I I do. Um, if you need batting average late and you need, he doesn't have you know prodigious power, but you know he can 
he prorated he can have a 20 home run season and he can bat close to 300 that's fine if you absolutely need that i say go for it um i do think that nate Lowe uh, has the potential to be like a transcendent talent and it sucks mm-hmm. that both left-handed because he's obviously blocked um and jima and Choi does not have any more options so either he's on the major league roster or he gets sent down and he gets sent through waivers so that's kind of like playing into it a lot more i do think that it's not so much that they hate nate low the rays it's that you know they don't want to lose g-man Choi in the process of bringing him up whenever they already have a first baseman but um yeah g-man Choi, he's fun he's he's a fan favorite um you know he's gonna make a ton of contact and he won't kill you in homers but that's that's really just a, a batting average plate that's normally whenever i've screwed up uh <laughs> earlier in the draft and there's no other first baseman left and that's like a last resort kind of thing g-man's just waiting for you to pick him up He's just like, Yancey, I'm here, buddy. Yeah. Come yeah. take me. He's he's on every waiver wire and like every league in America. So like if you guys want him, you can go get him. I'm, <laughs> it, it, for spot starts, I mean, why not? Especially like in a daily league, you know, if they're going against a righty, I say go for it. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. So let's let's move to our next one here. And we're talking about the 60 game season effect on hitters versus pitchers and who benefits more in this shortened season. Will we see the 60 game season effect how you would normally draft? So will you target more arms early? Will you target more bats early? We had Toby, Mr. Uh, Batflip Crazy, a.k.a. Captain S'mores on, and he likes going <laughs> the pocket aces no matter what, even in this shortened form, he's pocket aces through and through. Mm-hmm. I've heard others that like to go, you know, with the bats approach. So Art, I'll start with you for this question. How are you drafting in this 60 game season? Are you changing it from a normal draft and how do you attack it? Well, I'm kind I'm, I'm guessing that pitching is being pushed down a little bit as it seems to have been Maybe I'm not up on the latest move, but it seems like pitching has been pushed down a little bit. People are trusting hitters. I think actually pitching is going to benefit in in a shortened season. The uh, the schedule is compacted. I think there's about 66 days for 60 games. Usually there would be about 69, 68 or 69 for 60 games. So they're they're cramming it a little bit, and to compensate, they're they're allowing larger rosters for for different periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be extra pitchers for the first month of the season. Uh, and, uh, oh, extra pitchers all season, but at least three extra pitchers for the first month of the season. And I think when you get to the end of the season, you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of fresh, a lot more fresh pitchers than there are fresh hitters who have been playing a little bit more often than they're slightly more often than they're they're used to. That's mm-hmm. that's something that I I think. Interesting, uh, Eric. What about you? I kind of go the opposite route. So to to go on your point, I do think that you need an ace caliber starting pitcher. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you get a Jacob DeGrom or a Justin Verlander, but you you need a pitcher where you're gonna have where you know that any given day, maybe once they ramp up their arm a little bit, that they're good for seven to eight innings. Um, but I think you got to target batters. They're gonna hit every day, um, especially teams that are contending that are fighting for playoff spots. I'm thinking of someone like a Christian Yelich that could have a three home run day, and that could be what help you helps you win your matchup in a points league. Um, I I think you got to get the studs early because you can still stream pitchers. And let's say you have uh you take you take a pitcher early like a Jack Flaherty and he throws three to four innings the first couple starts. You're probably going to have 12 starts max, so you're not going to get as much production for an early round pick in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yancy, what about you? What do you think? 
Man, I've, I've gone back and forth on this a lot. And like I mentioned, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff. I read a lot of people and, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to make really good friends with with people who are much better at this than I am. Um, you know, really sharp people like a Vlad Sedler or a draft cheat. Um, and just texting these guys, like everybody kind of has a different opinion of what they should be doing. Um, I, I can't speak to, you know, like Yahoo and CBS and ESPN. I, I don't really draft on those uh, platforms specifically. I can speak for NFBC, however, which, you know, has much higher buy-ins and, uh, the starting pitching, the elite starting pitching, I'm talking about like the you know the top 10 or 15, is being pushed up. You're seeing that a lot. You're seeing Walker Buehler go in the top five in some instances. Garrett Cole's going 1-1 in a lot of drafts. Um, you know, Jacob deGrom had a little bit of a back scare, so he's kind of got pushed on just a couple of slots, but he's still going in the first round. And all of a sudden, you're seeing these guys like a Jack Flaherty, who was, you know, he's normally a second round or at the very, very end of the second round. He is almost flirting with being in the first round. Um, you're seeing... Uh, hitters who are normally like kind of the compiler type hitters, you know, like a, a Gene Segura or a Corey Seager, a lot of middle infielders like that, where they get their value by playing all year long or playing in 159 or 160 games, they're being pushed down. And then uh, subsequently, you're also seeing all these closers being pushed up as well, because you have to think about it in this sense. I, I don't want to be rolling out a, a pitcher who can potentially sink my entire season because I do not have time to catch up in those counting stats. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of back end, you know, uh, flyers that I was kind of into, but I, I, I don't trust them. I don't want to, you know, I was all in uh, Denelson Lamette, but let's get real. Like he can, he can easily give up four and runs in two and a half innings and he's out. And it, I will never, I, I'm not going to be able to recover that. I'm not going to be able to find extra pitching on the waiver wire because that's what everybody's going to be coveting. So I'm with you guys. I, I want I want those stalwarts at the top of the draft. I'm not sure if I'm going to go like, like a pure pocket ace strategy. Um, I did a couple other podcasts this week and I was mentioning this where, um, you know, Walker Bueller, his ADP on NFBC for the last two weeks is uh, 14th overall, which is pretty, it's pretty steep. But then you look on the bat projections and Charlie Morton has an identical projection, same wins, almost identical strikeouts, exact same ERA, and he's going ADP 50 overall. So I, I don't think you have to go crazy. I, I would be totally cool with having a Charlie Morton, a U Darvish, uh, even somebody like a Trevor Bauer, who, you know, last year he struck out 253 batters, you know, in a season. That That's sick. I want those guys, um, but I don't want to be waiting to where, like, my first starter is, um, what's a good example? Uh, like a Zach Gallen, who I'm super high on, but still kind of unproven. I don't want that to be the anchor of my staff. I know I'm, I'm talking a lot, but yes, I want I want good pitchers. I want them early, but I want to be smart about it. I don't want to have to take Walker Bueller 10th overall to do it. Hey, you don't have to ever apologize for talking because that means I just get to talk less and I'm yeah. all for that. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess you kind of were touching on what I was going to go to next as far as what is the latest round you would take your first pitcher in? So mm-hmm. what? If, so let's you named a player, but let's say again, uh, you know, you, we kind of I think we're all pretty much in the, in the baseball world. I don't have the NFC NFBC ADP in front of me, but um, roughly where what round do you guys think? you would start being like, okay, I need to get a pitcher. Like, I need ASAP. So, obviously, some will get pushed up. Others won't. Uh, so, Art, what about you? What do you think? I think four is the latest. You can, you'd can. probably want to push it. Um, in a 15-team draft, that's in the 40s, 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. I think there are still quality ace potential starting pitchers available in that range. Um I think I would only do that if the draft worked out in a way where I was getting really good hitting value and pitching had been pushed up a little bit, but I I would not wait past four, I think. Eric? Yeah, I agree with Art, and I'm thinking last year because I punted on pitching to begin with, and in our, in the fifth round of our 12-team 12 12 team league, I got Clevenger. 
you're going to have some guys that in that range can put up ace numbers. But yeah, I think fourth round, and I think the condition has to be that you're having really good hitting fall to you. And Yancey, what what round specifically do you feel like you would kind of start sweating to to draft a guy? Well, I mean, if you're not taking him within the first three rounds, you're already you're, you're hoping for a handful of pitchers that are going to make it to you. Depending on where you drafted, if you're in the middle, if you're towards the the back end, you may be completely left out. Where all of a sudden, like, you know, once it gets past like the Charlie Morton, Patrick Corbin, and then you Darvish mm-hmm. is actually like my favorite value pitcher outside of Charlie Morton. Um, once I'm after those that's where it gets really, really hairy for me. So I guess like the fifth round, I'm not saying you absolutely have to have somebody, but I'm more inclined. Now I have to push up pitching again. I, now I have to double pump in the fifth and sixth round, or I have to take three out of four rounds to catch back up. And next thing you know, you're looking at like Matthew Boyd as like your SP two. And as much as I'm high on him as well, like we saw this last year with the, with the home run issue, there's another player where, yeah, the strikers are going to be there, but he could completely tank your season. So um, ideally you want a pitcher before the fifth round. Um, but I mean, really you have to have some sort of plan. You have to have your targets and really know what the pool is because it's very likely you're going to be left, uh, you know, with like a, uh, a Kyle Hendricks being your SP one and you don't want that. Yeah. yeah so I have the, the NFBC uh, pitching in front of me. So of course, you have Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Jack Flaherty, Shane Bieber, Steven Strasburg, Mike Clevenger, and Blake Snell round out the top 10. I think you feel pretty good with those guys. I am not. I have Luis Castillo on my NFBC team. He's my number two. I, I, I don't know how comfortable I feel if he's my ace, um, just his inconsistency he had last year. And then you had... Um, you have the the Patrick Corbins at Dancy, as you said, and then you get into the Clayton Kershaws, Giolito, Chris Paddock, huge upside guys. That mm-hmm. they like, I think those are your Mike Clevengers from last year, the guys that you could get closer to the fifth round, um, that you know that are ranked toward, towards like the fifteenth starting pitcher area, um, that have that potential, but they also have some injury question marks. Well, uh, Kershaw does. And then you get to the guys like Aaron Nola, Charlie Morton, and then again, you said you you talked about you Darvish, Zach Greinke, and then you get to the the Glassnows and Bowers of the world. So I, mm-hmm. I think you definitely go from the the studs, obviously, to guys that have that potential. But you, it's like one of those things. Like I don't, I don't remember what movie it's from, but it's like, do you feel lucky? Is that yep. like the mask or something? But yeah, so <laughs> I think it's the Joker. It's Dark Knight, it's isn't it? Dirty Harry is the is. I was going to ask myself if I feel lucky. Did I fire five shots or six? And all this excitement, I don't know myself. (laughs) Figure the old head. Figure the old head knows. You feel lucky, punk. Dirty Harry's great. (laughs) Dirty Harry's great. Well, I I was completely off then. Well, let's on that note, let's move to the next one. The effect of extra innings it's going to have on relievers, and will this potentially increase their value? So the rule that changed that's being into effect is starting this season. Don't know if it'll carry over, but at this season, in extra innings, you will have a base runner on second base, and the reliever will not be charged uh, anything to their ERA if the runner scores, but it will affect their win-loss record. So that's the only thing I could really be pissed if I was a pitcher about. But um, will relievers have this with this rule into account? Will relief pitchers have more value as a whole this year? And will this extra inning rule help or hurt relievers? Because they do get points for wins in that case, too, if they win the game. Um, so, again, just taking this rule into account, but also just the overall landscape of the season. How are you viewing relief pitchers? Eric, I'm going to start with you. So I think this year relief pitching is going to be more important than ever. Uh, I think more relief pitchers are going to be used. There's bigger rosters. Um 
I, for me, I'm personally, I'm going to stream a lot of relievers, and I'm going to specifically target people that throw multiple innings, like a Freddie Peralta if he's the Brewer, if he's not the Brewers' fifth starter, or I'm going to target people that are facing weak teams like the Royals and Tigers. Um, you know, if the Twins have Barrios go five, six innings, and then they just want to play the bullpen game, or if for some reason it does go into extra innings, I'd rather take the chance that they're going to get points against a bad offense than, you know, rolling the dice every day with names of people that are better but might be facing a better offense because that win-loss, especially in a points league. Has- yeah. Um, Yancey, what about you? What do you think? Uh, I, I, it's going to be a mess. I know that much. Um, I think it's going to be on a case by case basis or a team by team basis. Uh, definitely like I, I'm not the type of person to draft, you know, like the first or second closer off the board. Um, and you know, like with, with players like Aroldis Chapman being hurt or having COVID or who even knows at this point, if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Um, I really want to make sure that I leave the draft with two actual closers, not one and a half mm-hmm. closers and not, you know, Michael Givens and Matt McGill and hoping Matt McGill closes for the Mariners. <laughs> like I want two real closers, right? I want a Taylor Rogers and I want Liam Hendricks, two teams that I know they're going to be good. And listen, I understand all, all of the data that backs up the fact that, hey, there's a lot of attrition with the closer position and, you know, you never know who's going to buzz and all, I, I get it. But But guess what? Even the worst closers they get some saves before they're not the closer anymore. I want to go into the draft as much uncertainty as we're dealing with. I want to make sure that I have some saves. Um, it, man, I wish NFBC implemented like a saves plus holds type of you know contest because I think we're just going to see so many situations like this where um, you're not you're going to see very very few starting pitchers actually get wins. I think you're going to see the win total you know for your league who's ever leading the league in wins is just going to be a fraction of what it, I mean. We we literally might see like the lead the league winner of overall baseball will have like maybe six wins. Maybe Yeah, yeah. that that's a realistic thing. Cause you guys have to understand too. Like there's still a playoffs, even if it's a shortened season, they still want to save these arms. You know what I mean? So it's just a mess. And anybody who says that they know exactly how it's going to play out, I think it's just kind of being, uh, you know, dishonest with themselves and with their listeners and the writers and other people. But, um, yeah, my only advice on that is just like, make sure you really know who you're, who you're drafting and know these bullpen situations. Like, you know, uh, like Art, we're talking about the Cubs. You're a Cubs fan. Um, that bullpen is really bad, and Kimbrel is a is a shell of who he used to be. Like, you know, I want like a Rowan Wick. I, I'm I'm stashing him at like the end of every single draft because the guys behind him I'm not really in love with. So just identifying those guys and you know don't fill your whole bench with them, but know who these targets are because in a week it's going to be a free for all all the time trying to you know pick out the the pop up closers week to week. There's some Cubs trash talk on this show. It's a win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, before Art, I go to you, I'm interested, Yancey, your thoughts on this. So in my NSPC draft, I did go the two good closer route, mm-hmm. uh, and I took Roldis Chapman and Taylor Rogers as my two IN relievers, and I thought towards the end of the draft to take Zach Britton, and I went against it, and sure enough, it's looking pretty bad right now. Kind of in, in football with running backs, how you take their handcuff. If you invest a really high pick in a, a Roldis Chapman, should you invest a pick in taking Zach Britton or in Taylor Rogers' case, taking Sergio Romo? So you kind of have their handcuff if something happens to them. 
Um, in the NFBC format, I don't think you can do that just because the bench is so short. If you're handcuffing somebody, you're never starting both players at once. So you're going to have weeks, especially this year with COVID. Like we're not we're not done with COVID cases. This is going to happen all year, and it's going to be extremely frustrating. So you cannot burn a, a a roster spot by holding somebody's handcuff. Another thing to consider too is with NFBC, it's a weekly format, and your lineups for pitchers are locked on Monday. So even if you have that handcuff, you're still taking a zero by having the other pitcher in who he would have been replacing. And you're, you, you don't have a bat that you can then sub in on Friday. You know what I mean? With NFBC, you can swap in hitters on Friday through Sunday. Pitchers have to stay locked all week. So I, I don't think it's a good utilization of a, of a roster spot. I typically like to have a couple guys like a John Birdie who can play four positions or like a Hunter Dozier who can fill in my third base or corner or my outfield. Um, the handcuffing, the closer thing, I, I, I mean, I personally, I don't think there's much merit in it. You have to get a lot of luck on your side as far as dodging injuries. And uh, I mean, otherwise you're just burning a roster spot. Cool. It, it, it's interesting thought. Cause I, I feel like that's something that's starting to creep up now with this COVID stuff. It's like someone like a role Chapman, you're not too worried mm-hmm. about his job security. And then it's like something like, you know, uh, anybody can get it. Like you were saying. So yeah, it, there's no safe pick this year. Yeah. No. I will say this, if you're drafting right before the season starts and and your entire lineup is healthy going into the first week, then you know what? Maybe I would draft, uh, you know, or, or on Fab, when Fab runs on Sunday for NFPC, I would, you know, pick up a, a, a handcuff for somebody like that. So in the event that one of these closers goes down, you know, you're burning that roster spot because you don't need the, the replacement bat just yet because your team's healthy. But, you know, for guys like me that drafted back in February and, you know, I already had to replace, you know, Trey Mancini and, you know, half a dozen other players like that's not really an option. But, um, man, I, I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it is going to be an absolute mess. Like we're all excited right now because like, we're like yeah, baseball's coming back. And about a week into it, it is like going to stop being fun playing fantasy. Like it is. It is, <laughs> Ain't it is that not, the truth. It is not going to be fun. It's it going to be, be so stressful. Yeah, it's gonna be like fantasy football, where like the dude that like missed the draft and he auto drafted the entire night, and then he luck boxes into a, a Super Bowl. Like, oh uh, god, everybody uh, hates that guy. It's, it, it's gonna feel like that, guys. Like, it's gonna be so. It's it's gonna be just. Like, I could talk about this all night. It's gonna. It's not gonna be fun. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or you want to put a cherry on top of the reliever conversation? I, I my only addition to this is to say that I think by the end of August we will be back to like a semblance of normal baseball because I think that what they've needed is the time to work up their arms, the time that the extra roster spots are there all season just to give a little bit of relief to the pitchers. But by the end of August, when they've windowed the the rosters down to 26, just one extra pitcher, I think everything's going to be fairly well normalized. That's why I feel like you can draft you know, middle end pitching. If you if you if you feel like you got a good lay of the land and you can pick the right ones, by mid August they're going to be worth what they would have been worth in a, like a regular full season thing. As far as relief pitchers go, and and like I love the starting a guy at second base rule. I think it is one of the an innovative idea that I hope never gets brought up again. But I want to see it. But I think it's like this is. Come on, guys. What what are we doing here? But mm-hmm. I want to see it this season. Just just you know, yeah. Let's throw it out there. Like, uh, and so I I I've come up with a theory that you know the, there's strategy in making the last out of the inning because you start out on the second base the next inning. Like if you if you're um, Billy Hamilton, just 
put Billy Hamilton up there uh, as the last out. Maybe he'll get a hit or maybe he'll make it out. But next inning, he's on second base. That's true. Um, (laughs) So I think there could be some strategizing involved there. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's it's interesting. There's going to be more losses for relievers or but there's also going to be a person who wins that game who's a reliever. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, so I, you know, I'm I'm terrible at picking relievers in full season leagues. So, uh, so I feel like in in, in this instance, you just got to like wait it out and see which cream rises to the top in this sort of instance. That be ready for August 21st. The one thing Art, I, I do want to give you credit for is I, I forgot when we did the bold predictions episode. I feel like it was a month and a half, two months ago now. But uh, you were the, one of the first people I saw that you thought you said Josh Hader was going to win uh, the Cy Young, right? Is that what your call was? I said he's the most likely reliever, but I think this season uh, is probably going to be a relief pitcher winning the Cy Young award. I've seen that floated around a lot more. And I, I'm pretty active. At least I, I follow a lot of the people that that will come out and, and you know put that stuff out there. I, I haven't see, I didn't see too much of it when you made that call. So I, I do want to give you props because I, I think you were one of the first people that I did see that that made that call. So I think it's very possible. Yeah, blind Shout squirrels. Out old cheesecake. Yeah, blind <laughs> squirrels run into nuts every now and then. <laughs> good, good saying there. Uh, let's move to ah oh, my back injury risks. When players are you John Carlos Stanton? Oh, how'd you know that's where I was going? When uh, players get hurt, they scare you. And uh, I'm looking at you, John Carlo. I'm looking at you, Aaron. I'm looking at you, Griffin Canning. There's plenty of these guys out there that uh, you'll draft, and some that you're gonna completely stay away away from. So, and obviously there is. I'll put just even though it's not injury necessarily, I will put COVID player COVID in this category. If there's been People on the team exposed. I know the Astros had a, a big breakout, and a lot of their guys were out of camp. So, Yancey, I'll start to you for this question. Are mm-hmm. there guys that you are absolutely, positively, no good, no way touching because of injury or COVID risks? Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've kind of been avoiding uh, – this sounds awful to say, but like Carlos Carrasco um, – that's that's the type of player. Just given the fact that you know he has been through so much, like um, I, you know, guys like that who were they they have an autoimmune disorder already. I really, it's not for me to say if they should or shouldn't be playing, but I, I just do worry that there is a likelihood that they're more likely to opt out. And actually, I, let, let me let me rephrase this. I'm I'm trying to be as as uh, articulate as I can with this. If, if you're legitimately uh, concerned for your safety, I 100% back these players who do not want to play. Mm-hmm. I I do not want to go and 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 mingle with a bunch of people who potentially may have it or may not have it, and I don't know how seriously they're taking social distancing, and especially somebody like him who has. You know, he's had cancer in the past. Like, I I don't want him to be put in a position where he feels like he has to play. Um, Maybe that's not the best example. But um, I just from a COVID standpoint, like I'll I'll say that um, there's definitely some pitchers who seem to take this a lot more seriously than others. Um, (laughs) Like you'll see like certain training camps where like everybody's wearing a mask and you'll see others where nobody is. And all of the the parameters that were put in place were, you know, no spitting and no, you know, no, no high fiving and use your own equipment and you throw the balls away after every single pitch, that type of thing. Um, a lot, some teams are a lot more lax. Like we saw the breakout in Phillies camp. I think I'm kind of staying away from, you know, the back end of this Phillies rotation. If I can, I know this is kind of narrative driven. It's not, it's not the most data analyzed type of response I can give, but, um, teams that have had problems with their training staffs in the past, uh, you know, like the Yankees, maybe I'm just going to stay away. You know, like Tanaka already got hit by a line drive. I'm going to stay away from him too. I'm going to stay away from the Yankees, stay away from the Phillies. 
Um, you know, the Angels Sorry, even. Sorry, Ellen. Point, yeah, the, the, <laughs> I know she's just completely tore up about Aaron Nola, but um, you know, even like the Angels, like that's a, a, another training staff that's just had a ton of problems keeping their pitchers healthy, and I, I just don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, the, the, the same thing we keep saying over and over again with all this uncertainty, let's try to draft as many certain things as we possibly can. And, uh, all those question marks that, you know, have been question marks in the past. Let's just kind of like, you know, cut them off our list. That's well said, Eric, or I'm sorry, let's go to our first art. Is there anything you want to add to that? I, I'm just finding that all these people who are being held out right now, just because of coming in contact, Juan Soto hasn't shown up. Howie Kendrick hasn't shown up. Zach Wheeler has a baby due. Pablo Lopez's father passed away, and he's he has not returned yet. Um, uh, there's there, George Springer hasn't shown up because he has had COVID test issues. Uh, that's so. These people, I think, are people who haven't even been diagnosed with coronavirus. We're just seeing the uh, the sort of lingering tail effects of 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 quarantine and 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 coming into contact. It's an interesting. It's going to be an interesting dance all season. You hope no one ever gets it. You know, hopefully they can build a good bubble. Uh, but you know, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. There's a lot of people who are currently out. A lot of really like Giovanni Gallegos can't even get out of Mexico uh, because of this. This is this is this is an, a, a unique season uh, mm-hmm. in that respect where. You know, you're not just dealing with sports injuries. You're dealing with the effects of of, of living in the world. Like like baseball is not immune from being in the world. Um, and and we're gonna you know dance around this as a fantasy community. Uh, but you know, let's 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 not talk callously about about this. Let's not let let's remember that these are not like uh, uh, bone spurs in an elbow. This is a this is a lot more serious than that. Mm-hmm. One thought before I go to you, Eric. Has any of you guys thought about, I'm going to use Tommy Edmond since he, we started off the show with Tommy Edmond. Let's say Tommy Edmond gets, uh, knock on wood, he, let's say he were to unfortunately uh, get coronavirus and he didn't realize it. Uh, I know they're going to be doing testing a lot, but if it takes his one thing of him giving it without him knowing it, and then the whole Cardinals team gets affected where they can't play, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I feel like they haven't touched upon in the sense of they're they're testing, you know, I, I you know they have a good uh, protocol for their testing, but again, if someone does get it and they don't catch it, and then they're in a locker room or they're you know they're around teammates, even if they're wearing masks, uh, I, I'm I'm very concerned that there could that be that potential out there, and I feel like that hasn't been floated around enough of of what they're going to do to make sure that the players on the same team don't get in too much contact with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also add into the the unknown variable, which uh, I've experienced with my family personally, which is the testing isn't 100% reliable. You mm-hmm. have false positives and false negatives all the time. We're going to see this in baseball as well, where, where you have hundreds and hundreds of players. There is going to be a situation where a, a, t- a player tests negative for COVID and he has it. And then he is mingling with a bunch of players. And then, like you said, we have to we have to, you know, grapple with the the, the prospects of an entire team gets shut down. Then what do we do? Like, do we do we cancel the whole season? You know, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert was tested positive and the NBA shut down their entire season. So and that was one player. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We're, we're not really talking about this. And we haven't even addressed the fact that what if a player starts playing and then elects to opt out in the middle of the season? 
Mm-hmm. That was another yeah. news news item that floated around where they're like, oh, we'll, we'll we'll have to communicate that with the players' association. They don't even have a plan for that. So like, mm-hmm. what 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 if I'm like a dude? I'm like, I'm Zach Wheeler, and my wife has a baby, and then I come back, and everybody's just like willy nilly, and I'm literally afraid to go home to see my wife and my baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just like it, there's just so many unknowns. Well, that's why I think Mike Trout's ADP was slipping so much is because he's obviously going to miss time because of his uh, child being born. And, mm-hmm. and that same thing could go for him, too. He could be like, it's not even worth it. I'm just going to stay home with my newborn and my wife. I have, you know, I'm, I'm financially secure. If I miss one season, it's not a big deal. I'd rather make sure I'm safe. And and that's that's a first round pick right there. And, and again, I, I don't want to act like fantasy matters in this in this. You know, it is a fantasy show, but um Mike Trout's making the right decision in that case, but in the for the fantasy yeah. world, it's it's like, man, he's he's going to be sitting out a significant amount of time. It's going to affect who you're going to draft in that sense. So, um, it's it's very hard to predict. Obviously, as many of other podcasts have said, it's it's hard to predict anything. This is it's just a crapshoot at this point. And not to belabor the point, but I'll say one more thing: uh, Who is the most likely to sit out? It's the people who are already financially secure, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who it. it not this isn't the rule, but there are exceptions. But the people who are the most financially secure are the best players, right? Mm-hmm. Like Trout, you know, D- David Price, you know, he's not the best pitcher in baseball, but he is a very, very good player. Like, it's going to disproportionately affect our game, and I hate to, you know, to minimize it t- to just being our game, but you know, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. If he opts out, that changes the entire season instantly. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. it's just, it's just an, again another dynamic we have to consider right eric do you want to put the ice cream on top of this brownie before we move to our last one yeah so uh 2020 has been a wild year but aaron judge has been injury prone uh unfortunately byron back buxton got hurt and anthony rizzo has back tightness so there is some normalcy in the world um i'm <laughs> avoiding judge and rizzo just because they're not 100 percent, and the season's about to start any player that's had covid Freddie Freeman, Charlie Blackman are the biggest names I'm not taking because you don't know if they're 100% clear or even when they start feeling better, if they want to risk their health again. Um, for me, anyone that's healthy that doesn't have a day-to-day sign or, um, you know, a, a red indicia on their um, player profile, that's fair game to me. Mm-hmm. Well said. Let's move to our last topic of the survival guide here and that's going to be the effect on the little puppies the minor leaguers getting called up from the pitching and hitting side that might not necessarily be ready um, but they're going to be thrown in there and my question is and art i'll start with you for this one do you think the minor league pitchers will succeed the hitters will succeed do you think that them getting called up early could hurt their development or could it help their development? Uh, I, I think there's a lot of different ways we could go here. There's obviously the Nate Pearsons, Mackenzie Gores of the world that were kind of on the, the, the front door knocking. And then there are the Wander Francos who are on the roster. I mean, maybe he doesn't play, but he was, I mean, he wasn't even in double A yet. He was still in single A. And so, I mean, uh, he's making a huge jump and, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering if he goes and sees live pitching, is if he doesn't succeed, is that going to mess with his head? Is he going to switch his change his swing? Is is it, I'm I'm very curious to hear your guys' answers on how pitchers and hitters that are, weren't ready that are going to be thrown in there, what that's going to be like for them this season and going forward. So Art, go ahead and take it away. I think for the ones who are going to succeed, it's going to accelerate their 
pro- progress to getting there because they're up against the best competition. Even if on your, you're on the uh, non-game squad, the the other 30 players that are working out in a local minor league affiliate, you're working out with major leaguers. You're working out with all, all AAA players and major leaguers who are trying to get up to that squad when they need when they need someone, this is, this is going to, it's, it, it, it's going to uh, make better players out of them. I find it interesting how teams are doing with this. I love what the Detroit Tigers have 13 of their top 15 prospects in camp. So they are making sure that they continue development throughout this season when they're not expecting to do well. And I think that, you know, you see a lot of these teams, they, they have maybe an outside shot at being good. Why aren't, 13 of your top 15 prospects in camp Toronto. Why aren't 13 of your top 15 prospects in camp uh, San Diego? You know, like this is a season where you got 30, you got hundreds of minor leaguers that are going to get no development at all, except for what they can get in Sandlot games. Um, So I, I I love these teams. Like you're going to see top Tigers prospects who are forced to be put out there, uh, you know, lambs to the wolves and some of them are going to show up and they're going to do really well and i'm looking forward to find out who does of these young guys and some will poop bricks i'm sure yeah (laughs) but uh so uh, i want to just clarify the reason we're bringing this up is this does affect people that have that are in dynasty leagues because these players beyond the season if it's going to affect their psyche and how they're going to develop past this year so i want to just clear that up before we continue but eric go ahead what's your thoughts for this subject yeah, I, I think it's a really, really interesting topic, and I think that there's a way that you can do it somewhat effectively. I think for pitchers, kind of go the David Price route. Have them start off in a relief inning role. You know, let it so that they're not starting the game. They don't have the nerves. You know, maybe they're up 5-2 to two and you put them in for a hold situation um, because I think that you're going to let them ease into it, that they're not going to have the initial nerves that if you're just, okay, we're throwing you out there. Um, you know, have them hang around the veterans, let them get tips. Um, and for hitters, I think a lot of them are going to try to be aggressive. I I think, you know, you're not going to see a lot of people trying to take walks and be patient. Um, it's interesting because as Art mentioned, you're seeing the direction that organizations are taking. The Tigers want to be aggressive. The Blue Jays and Padres seem like they're being a little more conservative. Um, I think this is going to kind of divide of how, you know, how are organizations going to value their players? Um, get in terms of negotiations. Who's to say that we don't have a 2021 season start on time or there's something? You have to think about the people that you don't have on the team, how long they're going to go without major league action. And um, I think it's it's a risk when you're bringing people up. But I think you have to keep – if you believe in a player, you have to have – them have that exposure hmm. eric and you said the david price role what about the brandon mm-hmm. finnegan role oh <laughs> the throwback for you I, I think that's that's an example of what this could do to somebody i mean he came in in his first year and pitched in the world series and his career yep. bottomed out since then he was a first round pick 17th overall pick in the 2014 draft and Called up that year, pitched in the World Series, and and now he's kind of just floating around, and and so you never know making that jump what it's going to do to a player. Yancy, what do you what are your thoughts? Um, so 
we're, we're dealing with a couple of different things. It's the impending minor league contraction, and then now it's the minor league season being canceled completely. So obviously there's going to be some teams that are working out, and they're going to have this, you know, this taxi squad, this pool of players. Um, but if you're a guy in low A, even if you're a first-round draft pick, um, you're you're not going to get real reps, I don't think. I think they're going to be prioritizing these spots for players that can actually help them this year, right? So it's it's going to disproportionately affect players who are three, four, five years off, and it's going to absolutely stunt their development. I also think it's really bad for pitchers because you have to understand, if you're a top prospect and you're on the taxi squad and uh, a starting pitcher gets hurt at the major league level and they do call you up, it's very, very unlikely, and you guys have seen this a lot before, it's very unlikely that you're going to be starting. You're, you're, you're coming in in a bullpen role, or you're a long reliever, you're coming in in the middle of the game, your entire routine is shot, your usage is shot, um, and it's you're, you're going to be shuttled back and forth. The Rays have been doing this for the last two and a half years with Brendan McKay, right? They, mm-hmm. they let him experiment with the whole, I'm going to be a two-way hitter kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, we don't even have a DH anymore. The DH is going to go away forever. So that, that skill set is rendered completely useless. But on top of that, they're shuttling him back and forth. He doesn't know if he's starting. He doesn't know if he's relieving. You're going to see that so much with these pitchers and just constantly screwing with them. I think it it benefits hitters who are right on the cusp of getting called up. Like I think Joe Adele, for instance, you know, or Dylan Carlson, they're going to be up almost immediately. And even if they are in the minors for a couple of weeks, they are playing every single day because this is the only development at a professional level that these players are going to get. Anybody else, like I said, even if you're a 2020 draft pick and you're a first rounder and the organization loves you to death, do you really think they're going to prioritize your development and getting your reps in this year whenever it's such a, a cesspool anyway and they have so many things going on? It's really going to hurt those those super, super young players, the guys who you know have to put in the extra reps, have to get them more, you know, a lot more instruction. The late round draft picks, it's going to absolutely kill them. And then, of course, in, in a year or two, whenever we see 40 minor league teams contracted, um, it's just going to kill the player pool even more. So uh, dark days ahead for for minor league baseball. Yeah, and so my question to you guys, and Yancey, I'll start with you. Do you think Wander Franco, speaking of hitters, do you think he gets any at-bats this season? I'll put the over-under at four and a half. Do you think he I gets think, over I that? I think he gets a couple. Um, I'm the most uh, like alarmist Rays fan when it comes to prospects. They will absolutely break your heart. They will continue rolling out players. They will block their players with... You know, signing Carlos Gomez to a one-year deal, or you know, we have all of these outfielders, and we have this, you know, one of the best farm systems in baseball, and we'll sign Abasel Garcia, or we'll trade for Eric Sogard, uh, you know, as a middle infielder. This is just what the Rays do. They prioritize flexibility and having those extended years of service time. Um, I, I think he gets a little bit of run. I think it's going to be much later in the season. I think it's like as a late inning replacement, he comes off the bench. I don't expect him to start. They just have too many bats. They have too many options. Their farm system is too deep, and they're going to value that that service time more than anything else. So um, I think he gets a little bit of playing time, but nothing that's going to make any kind of impact whatsoever in fantasy. Eric, you're a betting man. Over or under four and a half? I'd probably bet the under because I think the Rays are going to be in contention and I think you can't just put him in there for a few at-bats because if, if let's say he goes two for four, you're saying, oh, well, the top prospect, you know, he's technically batting 500, and then you keep rolling him out more games, and then you have a better chance of him getting in a slump and hurting his confidence. I don't think he gets any at-bats in this short season. So Yancey says limited. Eric, you say zero. Art, what do you think? 
I'm just going to agree with them. They seem mm-hmm. to know better than I do about Wander Franco this season. I, it's, I, I agree with Eric's reasoning on that. Like, why would, why throw him out there? I will, I will say this much as well. Um, the Rays have Yandy Diaz at third base, and he's also going to do some DHing. He has played first base, and he's first and third eligible in NFBC. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Daniel Robertson that can play third, and he did play third last year. They have Mike Brasso. They have, uh, I mean, I could keep naming tons and tons of names. They've been working out Yoshi Sutsugo at third base during spring. They want to get Yoshi Sutsugo, you know, at bats there. Wander Franco's natural position is shortstop, although it's been rumored that he would move, you know, over to third. But Willie Adamas played more games than any other Rays player last year. They're not moving Willie Adamas off of shortstop. So, like, the path to him getting this playing time is so limited. And every single time I see him being drafted, it's just because people, it's the shiny new toy syndrome. Yeah. They, yeah. It's like just in case, you know what I mean? But like in, in all seriousness, guys, you have to kind of like know the role. Like this isn't, this isn't Mike Trout, at least not this year. Like he, he is not going to make an impact for you just burning a roster spot. Agreed. I think what you can take from this show is, is definitely uh, speaking from Mr. Ray there, just, don't if you have Wander Franco there, it's nothing for you this year. There, mm-hmm. Just avoid him. There's plenty of other good rays. If you want to take some rays, there's other ones. Just not him. Um, good discussion. Oh, I thought you were going to plug in Nick Anderson. <laughs> oh, I love me some Nick Anderson, but I, I'm going to hold back because I want to get to our next segment. Question of the week for this week. Our question of the week, which we have every week: Which pitcher has the best? delivery of all time it's a very loaded question yancy you're our guest so i'm gonna let you kick it off who is the best um i like weird uh is that your fiance behind you by the way i just wanna, it is i just want to say hello rocking the pat mahomes jersey that's really strong very nice uh, yeah she can't hear you as my headphones are in but uh our guest yancy says hi to you she doesn't know who that is and she doesn't care but she, 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 she'll, she'll know she knows <laughs> Congratulations on the engagement, by the way. Thank uh, you so much. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of marriage. It saved my life. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. What was the question? Best uh, <laughs> pitching delivery. Oh, okay. Uh, let's let's go weird, man. Let's go let's let's go Tim Lincecum. Like, how fun was that? I mean. Oh, I, my gosh. Why did you take mine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guest. I get to go first. I mean, how oh. fun was he? Honestly, like his, his his super weird delivery. I remember him being on the cover of Sports Illustrated and they were talking like it was, it was a big feature. And they were talking about how, like, you know, can he defy the odds? Can he stay healthy? You know, it you know, it's weird. But, you know, this delivery in his windup, it works for him. And, you know, of, of course, you know, he he got injured and the, the rest of his the back end of his career was awful. But I mean, back to back Cy Young's, he was super fun. The hair just, you know, this this weird skinny frame. And as an honorable mention, you know, Chris Sale is super weird. And he got hated on his entire, you know, college career. He got hated on in high school. He was underdrafted. He actually went to my alma mater, uh, Florida Gulf Coast University. Oh, um, wow. City. Yeah. He went there while I was there for a year. So, um, you know, he's left-handed. You know, I I wore number 41 whenever I played, like, Little League. He's number 41. I love Chris Sale to death. Um, so he's, like, my honorable mentor. But in all seriousness, like, you don't even have to be a Giants fan. How how fun, how fun was watching Lincecum? I mean, just it's by just, his nickname, the freak. It's just, it's just unbelievable. He was like the coolest story, man. I, I, I wish, I wish he would have had a longer career because I just, I absolutely loved it. It's a great choice. So, Eric, do you have a backup option, or do you want us to go put you last? He's now? upset. Uh, I do, I do have a backup <laughs> option, and I loved him once to come. I feel like he was the Jacob Degrom of a decade prior. Um, and whenever I'd make a pitcher in an MLB 2K game, that's my delivery. But I also love Dwight Gooden. And I love the little circle action he has, 
But what I really love about his delivery is I think he has the quickest flick of the wrist when releasing the ball. Mm-hmm. It looks it, it's just like and he he tops out at like 90 or he topped out like 97, 98. Honorable mention to Ryan Dempster hiding the ball in his glove. Doing oh, I, love, little, like, I love when he did. Thing. Yeah, I love when he like twisted it. That was pretty cool. Uh, um, I forgot who was the one that t- or you would probably know this. Who was the one that told him that he was tipping his pitches and that's why he started doing that? Oh, Dempster was one of them. Dempster was tipping pitches, which is why he started moving the ball around. And it's well, no, that's like why that. I was. I was no, I was saying like, yeah. do, you, do you remember who was the one who told him that he was tipping, and that's why he did that? Oh, geez, probably, probably Lou Pinella, one of his managers, like, or his pitching coach. I don't know who was that told him. Who was? I think like, it was whenever he was with the Rangers. No, he did that with the Cubs. Yeah, he did it with the Cubs. Yeah. That's or who's great. your pick? Hideo Nomo. Do you guys oh, remember fun. that crazy windup that Hideo Nomo had? And especially like it's like the late nineties. I think he was the first big Japanese pitcher, if I'm not mistaken. And he's got this crazy delivery where he just reaches the ball back over his head, turns his back, and whips it around. It was you know, I'd never seen anything like it when it first came out. And this question, he was the first name that came to my mind. Can I interject real quick? I was uh, before I came on with you guys. Um, I I was doing a live stream with Pitcher List for their 200th episode, and mm-hmm. uh, once I got off the air, I was texting Nick uh, from Pitcher List, and I was like, you know, I'm like they have like a like a really interesting question. I'm like, you know, what is like your favorite, you know, pitcher delivery of all time? And he gave me two names immediately. I was already leaning Lincecum because that's it, it's a lot of people's favorites to be honest with you. And the two names he sent me, I don't know if you guys can see it, but it literally says on my screen Nomo and Lincecum. That were that was his nice. first two picks. Those are relevant. This is pitcher list himself, Nick Pollock. That, those are the two that he listed. Yeah. So like, Nomo's also wow. a weird one, man. I I love I love it like that. Like if you if you somehow made like his body like a matte like solid gray finish and you can't tell his face and you can't tell his number his jersey or anything like that, it was just a silhouette of him. Everybody would know that it was Nomo. Absolutely. Everybody would know that you know it was Tim Lincecum or it was Craig Kimbrell, which you know his his little peacock thing he does, whatever. So weird, but but it's iconic. That is hilarious. You know what I mean? It's iconic though. All right. Well, I'm gonna say a name that you guys are all gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Cueto's shimmy is oh, yeah. legendary. I I literally when that I was researching pretty, the pretty answer good. for what I wanted to do, but he doesn't do the same thing every time. And that's what I thought it was hilarious. Like he literally is there doing like a full turn and then he's like shimming his shoulders and then he's like looking at a runner lowers. Like he literally changed it so many times to throw the hitters off. And if you just watch a compilation of his strikeouts doing all these, it is just beauty. It's just it's weird and it's beautiful. Like it seems it seems counterintuitive. All that movement, all that inconsistency. It's like the more complicated, the less repeatable it is and yet yeah. like he's had a fantastic career it's so weird yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he's, he's definitely like the actual delivery itself wasn't like the other guys you guys were saying but just the leading up to the delivery i i've i've that's as entertaining as watching someone pitches i've ever seen like you don't know how he's gonna throw it next and that's what kind of made me like okay like this is a show not just mm-hmm. him pitching johnny cueto is the most swag of the group when he quick pitches somebody and they get pissed off at him, <laughs> oh, yeah. it is awesome. Because he'll just get the ball back and like, just kind of like look like he's just, oh, here, tossing it back in. And it's like 90 miles an hour. I yep. can't believe he has that much arm talent, actually. And the guy's like, oh, 
Oh, I wasn't ready. The guy's like, he's like you're in the box. <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. I love that. That's a great choice. All right, well, let's move to our last segment, and that's our game of the week. And for this week, we are playing a little bit of Who Am I Realtor style. All right. Oh, so my. Yancy, Yancy, I know you're a realtor <laughs> in the Fort Myers area, so I had to Correct. do this for you. All right, I love so, it. So baseball and real estate have a lot more in common than you think. It's all in the details. There's human error. It's a team game, and it's a long grind of the season. But most importantly, it's all about getting home. So with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> I, you can you can use that with your uh, next uh, time you sell a home. You can relate it. I, I, my wife's gonna be putting putting this on like marketing materials like tomorrow. <laughs> like this is like her jam. <laughs> so so David, I, are you saying there's gonna be error in your game because there's human error? Oh, there's yeah. always error in my game, but I cover it up. Cool. Uh, so this is how this is going to work. So I picked out 10 catchy real estate slogans and taglines, all right? Okay. And, and <laughs> this is what I'm so gonna, random. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to do something different, make sure uh, you never, something you had never done before. Okay. So the, well, the statement is good. I'll give you an example, too, to clear it up. I'm going to read you the statement. The first letter of the first word is going to represent the team. So... The example I have is a cut above the rest. So for a cut above the rest, the team would start with A. Okay. So it'd be like Atlanta. Is it the Arizona. location? Yeah, yeah. The good or question. is it? It's, so it's Atlanta or Arizona, like in that okay. case. Okay. I got you. Um, so okay. any of the teams I give you, it's no more than two that can qualify. I didn't want to have to give you like five teams to pick from. So it's either one or two. Okay. All right. Yep, I follow. Uh, the second part of it is. The last word, the first letter of the last word of the statement is the a player on that team's last name. It okay. starts with that name. Starts with okay. that letter. Yep. It's not like a random player. It's not like a uh, uh, like a. It's not gonna be like the fourth string outfielder on like an Austin Hayes on the yeah. Orioles or something like that. Like I'm 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 gonna give that you that would be pretty hateful. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Alex, yeah, Alex Fast would get it. Alex would get it, but uh, it's gonna be someone that has fantasy value it's someone that that's a, a more of a prominent name for the most part okay um right. so yeah i'll read the statement i'll give you guys uh 30 seconds to come up with your answer you guys each get a guess whoever guesses it first wins wins that question um if you shout it out and you get it wrong you are muted until everybody else gets their <laughs> guess and if you all get it wrong then you all get a guess after that all right all right all right i'm ready and everybody understand understand yeah. let's play mm-hmm. All right. You need paper, pen, or your phone, whatever you want to use. All right. First question. This is the example I'll give you again. A cut above the rest. So A for Arizona, and then a cut above the rest. Rest starts with R. So you have to pick a player on the Diamondbacks that start with R, and the answer for that one was Robbie Ray because his last name starts with R. Okay? Gotcha. All right. Number one, a good real estate agent doesn't disappear once the closing papers are signed. A good real estate agent doesn't disappear once the closing papers are signed. Mike Soroka. Art, you are incorrect. You are muted. Hmm. Uh, can, I, can I guess? You, anytime you just shout it out. Dansby Swanson. That is correct. Jesus. Wow! 
<laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> it was Atlanta, and yes, there were two S's. I had to pick between the two, so Art, you weren't far off on that one. <laughs> so wait, when whenever you know, you can just guess it. You get you get one guess. If you get it wrong, you're muted. Okay. And then the other it. the other two will get a chance to guess. So you can guess as soon as you feel like you know yeah. the answer. All right. So uh, sounds good. All right. Let me make sure I have the score on here. I wrote down A S S for that last one, just to let you know. Well, this is for a family for, show. For for for, for Atlanta Swanson Soroka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. Don't buy from me unless you are ready for success. Don't buy from me unless you are ready for success. Uh this so, is really difficult. Yeah, so I will give you a hint. There's only one team that starts with D. No, I'm. I know that. I'm trying to think of somebody with the last name. He's a starter for them this season. Mm. Um. Uh, oh, it's first letter of last name. Never yes. mind. I'm like right there. <sighs> All right. I'll, uh, I'll I'll throw a hint your way. Yeah. Let's get a hint. No. Don't. Don't, please. <laughs> he plays second base. I thought I thought he was a starting pitcher. I got it. It's Detroit and it's Jonathan Scope. That is correct. Uh, oh, okay. I knew Detroit. I couldn't think of Scope. Yeah. Yes, he, yes, he's relevant. He's a starter for them. He's drafted. Hey, hey, listen. He is the only second baseman taken after pick 275 that had over 30 home runs last year. My man already ready with the stats. He is, he is low-key a very, very good pick. Very good pick. What I'll do for you guys is for the last ones I have, I'll give you if they're a pitcher or a hitter, too. That'll help you. Okay. No, it's I got surprisingly the first one hard. quick. I, I, just, I couldn't think of uh, the person S with Detroit, but I knew Detroit right away. Again, there's no more than two teams, so that's why you only have to pick about two rosters. Number three. Homes and local scoop for the real estate obsessed. Homes and say local, one more time. Homes and local scoop for the real estate obsessed. And this is a pitcher. Homes and local scoop for the real estate obsessed. Mm. Ozuna. That is correct. Oh, oh! I had Houston. I couldn't think of Ozuna. Oh. Is there another H city that I'm not thinking of? Uh, no, yeah, I think it's I think just it. I think it's just Astros. Okay, I'm almost afraid to answer because, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can look really stupid really fast on this. <laughs> no, believe me, I would be doing really bad if this was me. So I'm glad I'm the one hosting this one. Let's go to you guys are all got one right now. This is a tight match, and we're about a third of the way through. Okay, nice. Num- number four, let our family show your family the way home. Let our family show your family the way home. And this is a pitcher. Say it one more time. Let our family show your family the way home. All right. Well, I think I have the team, but I'm blanking on people right now. And remember, I said it is a pitcher. So just think of starters and relievers. And there's two teams it could be. I, I know. <laughs> I'm getting the city down easily. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a hint. He's a starter with a high strikeout upside. Andrew Heaney. 
Correct. Nice. Jesus. Okay, you you said you said like fantasy relevant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's had like half a good season. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to I'm thinking of like Anthony Rendon type caliber people. Uh, well, I mean I'm I didn't pick like the all superstars of the superstars. <laughs> I mean it, it's players that are gonna be drafted. There might be one you guys get mad at me for, but the rest are definitely drafted. That's the human error. <laughs> there, that's my human error. This next one is definitely fantasy relevant. Okay, I will say that for sure. He is a pitcher. Nobody does it better. That's the statement. Nobody, nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. He's a pitcher. Very fantasy relevant. Especially now. Zach Britton. Correct. Eric found his... <laughs> Oh, New York. Jesus. Yes. I'm See, I have so I, I know <laughs> I know the teams right away. I'm just like going through their roster in my head. I didn't realize that I was on the podcast with freaking Rain Man. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Eric to win, so Yancy R, you guys have to come back and beat him. All right. End the game now. <laughs> All right, we uh last five. Buying a bigger home doesn't necessarily mean spending more money. Buying a bigger home doesn't necessarily... Mitch Moreland. Damn it, I, that was my answer. Don't say that was the right answer. That is not the right answer. You are muted. <laughs> Wait, uh. no, I, he, he answered it. Yeah, Eric, you're, Eric, you're muted. <laughs> Eric, all right. Oh, my God, I just, like, dodged a bullet. Okay. <laughs> so there could be two teams. Can I get, like, a minute before I can jump back in? They I both get it. They both, that is correct. What was it? That was my next one. It was it was Trey Mancini, who I know is out now, but he was fantasy relevant before his injury. This or is his... this is honestly extremely hard. If anybody's listening at home and you're like half paying attention and judging us, like be put on the spot like this. It is too, this is way harder than it sounds. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is I would have gotten Trey, Trey Mancini was the one I was thinking about next. Um, well, I'm glad because that lubins your chance of winning. All right. <laughs> Next one. Past performance is a guarantee of future success. What position? Oh, it's, it's a sorry, position player. Past performance Gene is a... That is correct. Art's coming in strong. That was good. Number eight. Profit from my experience. This one you may get mad at me about. Profit from my experience. This is a pitcher. Zach Eflin? That is correct. Jesus. I didn't even hear I didn't even hear the entire thing. I said it twice. Oh <laughs> uh, my thing muted it. Oh man. I was like waiting. Oh for now it. he's gonna say there's an asterisk if he loses. Are you guys I like mean, are you guys dealing from like the bottom of the deck or something? Did you guys like <laughs> live off air? Like <laughs> I don't even have time to like write the letter P and like you guys are like sp- like spouting out answers. Wait, what was the what was the saying? I didn't hear it. Profit from my experience. Oh, uh, all right, two left. Where dreams come home. Howie Kendrick. Incorrect. Muted. And this is a pitcher. Oh, my gosh. And now you said <laughs> that was on I purpose. should be able to get back in. <laughs> Daniel Hudson. No, you were out of the question. You were muted. I'm giving, just for that, I'm giving Yancey and Art a point because you <laughs> broke the rules. 
Hell yeah, I just doubled yeah, my point. You didn't say it before. You said that was on purpose. <laughs> and it was Daniel Hudson, wasn't it? It was. That's why I'm giving them points. All right, yeah, last, I should get it because I got it right away. Last question. Yeah, there's definitely going to be an asterisk. <laughs> Bias. A smart move. A smart El Marte. That is incorrect. This is a position. And don't say don't. You of say course it you don't say it right away. You well, Cattel Marte is a position player. So that wouldn't have affected it. I hate you, David. <laughs> Why can't I think? A smart move. I have another guess. Well, you were muted until they both have a guess. You're a terrible host at this game, David. It just needs to be said. <laughs> um, You're the Rob man for hosting games. Wow, thanks. So, A, it could be two teams. See, and you're giving them hints like this that I didn't get? Position player. You know, on Around the Horn, mutes are only 30 seconds, David. Who was <laughs> recently traded from another team. Oh, Marte. Starling. Well, I feel like Yancey gets that point because, Art, right, you just said Marte, and Eric said Cattell Marte, so technically oh, I, I don't know yeah. which one. No, yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. That's that's Bush. That's oh, my Bush. gosh. You guys I feel like it was Cattell Marte, and David said, oh, I, I know, Eric, I can, uh, there's another Marte you know, I can no, do. You know I love busting your chops, but since I had a smart move, I was like, let me do Starling since he starts with an S, just make it easy. Well, In all seriousness, guys, this is like the type of game where like we need to have like 50 rounds of this, and we need to be drinking <laughs> when we're doing it and put money on it. Oh, dude, that <laughs> would I think that's great. We need to do that for the sequel for sure. The perfect type of game is one that like it combines just like you know multiple facets of of interest and intelligence. You have to know a lot about sports. You have to know how to hold your alcohol you have to be fast you have to be quick-witted it's like all those different things and once like this is really like th this is it you guys just like like came across like the the best drinking game of all time <laughs> i love this I love let's it. trademark this art, art you are our winner with a final score what? of five no that was awful a final score of five and yancey and eric tying for second with three art you have your what? 10, ten oh second my, spot no, I, that, no this <laughs> But before Art gets his 10-second spot, I definitely got more names right. Eric, David, Eric, awful music is playing you off. Music is playing you off. It's my turn to talk. Where I'd, like to thank, I'd like to thank the Academy, um, my agent. Uh, also, everyone wear masks. That's all I got to say. Awesome. Great, great acceptance speech. Yancey, man, we really appreciate yeah. having you on, man. This was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, honestly, thank you guys for having me. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. You guys keep doing your thing. You guys have a great chemistry and knowing that all three of you guys are related. Uh, for some reason, I find that super endearing. <laughs> I don't know why. Just <laughs> maybe because like none of my family gives a, you know, a damn about any kind of sports that's not football or NASCAR. So like it's just cool that you guys are, are able to do this kind of like as a family. It's like super cool. But I'm, I'm welcome to come on anytime you guys will have me. This was a lot of fun. You guys are like your own thing. And yeah, I I, I, what, what else do I say besides wear a mask? Like he just went like, all so like <laughs> well done art. <laughs> well, if you're not already following Yancey, I don't know what you're doing, but if you're not following him, he's on Twitter at Yancey Eaton. And if you need a realtor in the Fort Myers area and you're listening to this podcast, you can go to Yancey.fathomrealty.com. This oh guy God. will get you where you need to go. My heart, my heart. You're, <laughs> you're speaking my love language. <laughs> Amen. But hopefully we can definitely do this again, man, because you are literally welcome.
Art, listen to this. Listen to this when you edit it, and you'll think, wow, Eric had more points and said more right answers than I did. You did not follow the rules. You are not allowed two guesses. You said two guesses. All right, let's try that again. Here we go.